Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Hello again, it's Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. This is our show, The Nonprofit Exchange. We are here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, USA. And we've had 304 amazing guests over those, those years that we've been doing this. We've never had a guest like we have today. Now, I've said that before, but today, hmm, I don't think I've ever interviewed a presidential executive chef before, but we might slip in some things about food, but we're going to talk about, hmm, Marty, what are we going to talk about today? And please introduce yourself. And, and Yeah, the- hey, guys, I'm Marty, Marty Mangiello, guys and gals out there. Uh, we are going to talk about providing some actual real help to uh, reach the all five generations that are in the workforce now. Never have had this before uh, in the Earth's history. Five generations of people in the workforce, and it's been pretty dodgy. People are trying to figure out how do we reach and satisfy all five generations. So yeah, hopefully going to provide some actual real help today. Um, and some real actual techniques. And maybe Hugh will even let me share my screen, so. Yeah, yeah, the people listening on the podcast won't be able to see your screen though, but we can, uh, they can send them to the video later. So yeah. Marty, Marty um, never knew anybody that's worked in the White House as a chef, but we'll, I wanna talk about that before we leave, but we're talking about the title of this show was about how Rotary has raised a bunch of money for charities. You want to talk about why that title and why it's important to the topic today? Yeah, I think it really is. Um, you have to remarket what you're doing. So when you have a success at your church, um, at your donation center, at your Goodwill, at your wherever it is, a community center, food bank, any kind of nonprofit that you're operating, running, coordinating, managing, doesn't matter what spectrum industry that it's in, even the cars for heroes and building homes for heroes, doesn't matter what the nonprofit is, um, it's very important in marketing, branding, publicity, promotion, that you advertise that to the market. We call that remarketing, sending that out to everybody and remarketing an accomplishment that was was achieved. So um, that's super important. And Rotary does a great job of that. I'm going to start off right away with saying uh, Rotary for the past two years has handed out over $160 million. That's in grant money. So it's free, never needs to be paid back. That's pretty cool. Don't you think? Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, stats, you $160 million a year. And it's, it's pur- purposeful. There's several Rotary initiatives. One is water. Um, you know, mo- they're eliminating polio worldwide. So there's, that's right. There, there's meaningful initiatives, but there's also the integrity of the use of funds. So there's a real strong protocol. It has to go to a Rotary. And there's a, there's an end to end accountability with that. And guess what? hundred percent of your money goes to that project. The, there's that's no right. subtracting administrative fees. So the people who give know that it's going to go to the source, right? That's right. That's right. And and Rotary has pretty good stats. If you look us up on Charity Navigator, um, you're going to be very thrilled to see we have a, a score of 100 out of 100. People often ask me that. Skeptical 2% donors who are looking at possibly donating. Um, you know, that's great. We're, we're four-star listed. Uh, you can't get any higher. 
And depending on which of our programs you enter into, because we have DAFs, uh, donor advisory funds. On a DAF, you're allowed to take 1%. Um, I can tell you in our district, District 7680 here in Charlotte, North Carolina, we actually don't take the 1%, but the IRS would allow us to take 1% as a fee on a DAF fund. Many people are, are involved in DAFs. Um, if you're looking at endowment through Rotary Foundation with our main headquarters in Chicago, um, you, you have different things. If you just want to donate, you know, openly, I just did uh, well over a thousand dollars recently for Ukraine. I did designate mine in Rotary Foundation to the Ukraine. Um, and, and I realized that on, on a lot of those that, you know, with that type of fund, Rotary is is taking a small amount for administrative fees, but it's hard to get 100 out of 100. So uh, people like our stats, 117 years old, uh, first female president in the history of the earth for Rotary International, Jennifer Jones out of Canada this year. They they like our stats, they like our numbers, and, and they like hearing about them, but then they go digging around with a forensic CPA, Hugh, and the person will come back to two days later and say, yeah, boss, everything about them. And through the legal department, it really does add up for Rotary International. They're a great, great foundation to donate to. So, so that's good too. So as a small charity, you know, we have most of our 501c3s are small and we don't have a lot of money to do all of that auditing and all, all of the stuff that Rotary has done flawlessly now you and i both share the hat of president of our local rotary club and so i'm 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 teetering on the balance of you know excited and fearful <laughs> coming <laughs> the new year but there's an amazing amount of stuff that goes on because there's people stepping up and you know rotary tells you as a president there are things that you're required to do and in our organizations we're just kind of namby pamby about telling people to step up their game and to do things and I, I don't know about your Rotary, but I'm asking people to step up and do something, uh, belong to a committee and, and be active. Now, we're all struggling. You said there's five generations. Now, churches, yes. synagogues, community charities, Rotaries, all the civic clubs, we're all struggling with how do we how do we embrace those generations? Now, we've got some energy in Lynchburg for the, the, the students in the Rotaract, and they've become active, and we're going to cultivate that. Um, sure. People say that's the future of Rotary. Well, yeah, it's also the present of Rotary. It's today's Rotary. So what is the challenge that we're all facing in being able to communicate with all of those generations? It, it is tough. Um, so you have the silent generation, which is, you know, from the beginning of the 1900s all the way up to my daughter, who's 11 now. Our daughter is part of the alpha generation. Um, and, and looking at their data and looking at what they're interested in is the key to how you're going to possibly do marketing. So it, it, it shouldn't be any surprise, organized religion for the millennial generation. Um, it is really down, Hugh, all forms of organized religion. It is down in like the 30s, okay, 32, 34%. Um, you know, whereas when you look at that for, you know, the, the baby boomer or the silent, it's super high. It's in the 70s, like 76, 78 percent. We have different values. OK, different values. But the nice thing about um, today's snot nosed punk is 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 often how they're affectionately referred to uh, today's punk. Let me tell you a little something about these punks and, and people really get going very negatively. 
you know, what I did during World War II and World War One, and, and on and on and on. And it can get very negative if you let the, the, the conversation run off like a crazed horse. Um, so, you know, you, you have to realize like some of the great things uh, today's young generation loves um, hard work. It's an amazing thing about them and, and gaining from the benefits of hard work and really applying yourself to things. And, and so that's why you'll often see them work like 110, 120 hours per week, 18 hours per day on these projects, uh, web-based projects, um, video games, things like that. And, and people ask me, that's, that's gotta be illegal, Marty. I'm like, not if you own the company. <laughs> If, if you're the designer and you own the company, um, 18 times seven is 126, 126 hour work, work week from, from bed to desk, from desk to bed, from bed to desk. They are very hardworking. So I think, you know, the, figuring out what each one is interested in by pulling up the studies is how you begin to gauge your marketing plan. So I'm not sure that we have different values. What I'm seeing is we have different ways of approaching our work ethic. We have different styles. And even, you know, I'm in this, well, you are too. We're in the South. Uh, technically, we have our own language. We have our own vocabulary. And sometimes we have our own diet mannerisms. And, you know, we think places like California and other country, you know, we have our own distinctive culture and other people wonder about us and can we read you know so, so uh there's just kind of we have misperceptions about different cultures when we each bring different gifts to the table and i'm wondering how do we how do we then learn yeah i, I had a my wife and i were talking about um things over time and we realized that okay we married the person we married but you know we've each grown and so we're of not course. the same person so and changed and so that could apply to organizations, couldn't That's it? That's right. You're not the same little kid you were when you were 14 or 18 or 20. Neither is your wife. You know, and, and you're exactly right, Hugh. You're exactly right. So first of all, the very first step is when people hear that, um, it provides an excuse mechanism for them to realize like, oh, so it's not actually just me the pastor here at this Methodist church in the middle of Virginia. It's not actually just me. Or change the word Methodist to Presbyterian or Baptist or Catholic. Change it to synagogue. Change it to, change it to whatever you want to change it to. Scouting, okay? Let's talk about scouts. Let's talk about Optimist Club, Kiwanis, Civitans. It doesn't matter what word we put in, volunteer firefighters, the, the firehouse is looking for people. It doesn't matter anymore. We're not the same people. And, and many folks, honestly, Hugh, they've never, ever, never, ever heard that for the first time in Earth history, with almost 7 billion humans walking erect, that five generations are in the workforce simultaneously. When they find out about this, it provides some relief. They're like, oh, this is why things are the way they are. It's a bit dodgy. It's just, yeah, this has never happened before. And, and like you said, people change. So does the world. It, you know, if we look like in World War II and after the war, you know, we had like, you know, a very small population in this country, about 142 million humans. We were very homogenous. We, we were generally all the, the, the predominant skin color. 
uh, simple, congruent way of looking at life and religion and church and state and the government. It was pretty, pretty normalized of what we would call Okay, and pretty standard. You knew what to expect. And then today they're like, what's happening? What's going on with the wildfires and the heat? And, and, and what is happening is, at least in the United States, we're at about 370 million humans. And the American dream has come true. Everything we designed for America to welcome people to come in. Well, it's been happening another 50, another 100, another 150 million humans. And you know what? They're, they're not surprisingly, they're not all the same language, skin color, heritage, the way they eat, their customs, the songs they sing. For many people, it's very off-putting. It's like, what happened to, to like 1948 with, with when Glenn Miller was playing? It's like, what? What is going on? And, and it is very off-putting. And getting your hands around it as a leader in nonprofit management and leadership, um, it can be tough to, to try to figure out, like, what are we actually going to do? Things are getting serious. So um, we don't need to work on diversity because diversity is right outside our door. What we need to work on is inclusion. So how do we, how do sure. we communicate... You know, there's some tools, strategy systems, thought patterns. How do we reach out and embrace all of all these gifts from all these different cultures? Yeah. And I can't honestly pretend with, with two master's degrees that I have all the answers and I'm as smart as I pretend to be, because I'm not. I need to be trained and taught like anyone else. So I can honestly tell you, you mentioned diversity and inclusion. Um, so Rotary has done a great job. So has scouting. I'm a scout master. I'm a merit badge uh, counselor, so is my wife. They have a great DEI program, okay? How to start to come to grips with this, work with it, manage it. Um, it it's really, I tell people like, this is not anything, honestly, DEI. Yeah, it's an all new acronym that they have, DEI. Everywhere I go, at work, at the factory, we have DEI. I'm like, all right, bro, calm down. Begin to calm down, okay? It's not really anything we haven't been doing since this country was formed in the 1600s, okay? Welcoming other people from other countries like Francis Marion, the French Huguenot, okay? Living down in the Charleston. They practice different religions. They speak different languages like French, but they can learn English. I mean, we've been doing this for 250 years. We're pretty good at it, okay? We are the largest economy in the world. Okay, we're, we're actually pretty good. We have uh, great training. But the secret there, Hugh, is, is the E. D-E-I. And I, had, I thought when they said diversity, equity, and inclusion, that equity was like equality. Oh, treating people equally. Like, no, 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 Marty, it's actually not. It's wrong. So I was like, well, <laughs> what, what, how do you explain that equity thing? And, and let me just, just, just explain it with a simple street sense manner, okay? Equity is meeting people as they are, as they come in with what their needs are. It's not necessarily equality, okay? Equality for everybody, that's the oldest thing in the, in the world, okay? Equity is meeting their needs the way they best would receive them to, to be treated inclusively, and to represent a huge diverse church or nonprofit, civitans, rotary, scouting, sport club, bicycling club, anything you're doing in nonprofit management. 
So, so really, the, the yeah. E is the yeah. secret. It is. And, you know, um, it is absolutely your response. So E and I go together. We have diversity. So what we have to do is, to, okay, there's, there's, there's an option for everybody because you don't treat people. The golden rule didn't work here. You don't treat people like you want to be treated. You treat them like they want to be treated. That's right. And that's, that's what people want and want to be heard. And guess what? Um, even old institutions like Rotary are, are morphing into, okay, we can embrace all of humankind and everybody's right. so, so in, in relating to them, fundraising, uh, attendance programs, what are some of the tools that, that leaders have at their disposal today to be able to use? So I, I would recommend try and find an awesome DEI platform to graduate from. Um, I've graduated from the scouting platform and the rotary platform. Uh, there's a series of online classes now because, you know, many things are delivered on tablet or on cell phone or on desktop or on laptop. Easy to go through. Uh, in scouting, it's a bit rough because of their massive lawsuits to, that we have suffered through. And I've been in scouting since 1976. Okay. I was raised as a traditional Catholic in the Catholic Church. I mean, there's lots of nonprofits where these freaks of human nature have come in, taken advantage of beautiful nonprofit management and things, and destroyed and ripped them apart with their own private deviant behavior, whether it's pedophilia or whatever they're into, Hugh. Okay, I think the world is, is pretty, pretty familiar with at this point. Like we are sick and tired of people coming into our clubs, our churches, our nonprofits and doing things that, you know, nobody appreciates, agrees with or likes. OK, so a good DEI program, whether it's through scouting, Rotary or, or you know, Hewlett Packard worldwide, any way you can get a hold of and graduate a DEI program, um, that would be fantastic. So ways that you reach out to your local Rotary Club and um, engage people. Um, so we, we talk about, in any of our institutions, we want to talk about what we do. And we skip over the part about why it's important. So the, the fundamental principle in Rotary is service above self. It, we exist to do service projects for others, and we pay money to do that because that's our calling. So how do we explain the importance of doing that? It's, it's, it, philanthropy is not considered part of leadership and it should be because that's that's who we are as Rotarians who we are as charity leaders so how do we bridge the gap and tell people why it's important to step up and participate with us I think it's it's great to have folks that want to come in and gather to help on any project and we always say uh, there's time talent treasure and so respecting those three things here in our district, District 7680, um, I was taught that by uh, our previous governor, Nico Ionelli, and our current governor, Kamlesh Chandan, time, talent, and treasure, the three Ts, okay? So some people have a lot of time to give, but as a leader in nonprofit management, you can't let them make fun of the other two categories, time, talent, and treasure. Some of them with, with talent, they can't really come to a lot of events. Yeah, you weren't there for the trash pickup in the Shenandoah Valley. We drove all the way out there with the buses. You also didn't come to the wine event at the vineyard, and you weren't there for the Crayola Festival. You can't let these different groups of time, talent, and treasure, the people with the talent, sometimes they're building the website. They're running the whole 20-page newsletter every month. 
you barely ever see them, but they have great talents. Okay. You know, and, and this is what is, is respecting and growing an organization. Some people, the time they have the time during this season in their life. Okay. The, the, whatever that season is. Okay. Um, the children are out of the house. You know, they've got a lot of time in their hands. They took a, a buyout from their corporation where they received like $110,000. They're just decided now they really just want to do like 20 hours at a local gardening shop. You know, despite the fact that they were a master's holding vice president for many years, they have a lot of time. I mentioned to people with a lot of talent, some people just have treasure, time, talent, and treasure. Those three things. They're a check writer. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I really want to. I mean, I got a small inheritance, you, but I don't want it blabbed all over the club. But I could do 10000 for this big initiative. It's like, oh, my gosh, Gladness, you can do the ten grand because we never even see you at events. I know, Hugh, but you're not like the type of club that ridicules people. The last club I belonged to, that's what they did, that you had to be there. They made fun of you. I was actually thrown out. I could have done 10 grand for them, you. It's like, oh my gosh, wow. So time, talent, and treasure. And as a leader, you cannot let any one of the three groups make fun of another, okay? So even the person that we celebrate that has the, you know, Paul Harris fellow and then the ruby or the diamond and, and they've given, you know, or maybe they belong to the Arch Clump society and they've donated like 14.8 million you know it it's it's not a time or an excuse to make fun of others because i gave 14 million okay so time talent and treasure respect all of the three and realize that you know you might have a talent who disappears and vaporizes and suddenly shows up they have a lot of time and they're at every event love it love it so the the general principles I'm hearing is um, we're respecting the individual, which is one of the leadership principles I teach, transformational leadership. Of it, course. It's about the vision. You know, where are we going? It's about honoring the person. You know, so too many leaders crawl over people getting to the objective, which is the most important thing. No, it's what happens on the way with the people. And so we, we forget that picture and, you know, we want to complain about the other generations or complain about why isn't life like it used to be. Well, yeah. what I'm hearing you say, get on board. It's not ever going to I be mean, awesome. I know I grew up with black and white television and the hangar in the TV in the basement, yeah. you know, yeah. playing yeah. with the UHF dial. And, and my dad brought home a computing machine in 1979 it hooked up to the Philco TV. It was a wooden TV. You know, we went back behind it with the screwdriver. We, we disconnected the antenna on the roof and, and the Texas Instruments TI-99 4A computer with a cartridge, it plugged in to the back of the TV. The TV was your monitor. They didn't have monitors. They didn't sell them yet. That, that didn't exist on earth. So, you know, I, I mean, I've been through all of this. I remember Buck Rogers in black and white. I remember Buck Rogers when it went color, the brand new color version. Okay. I watched the Waltons, my favorite show religiously. I think it was every Thursday night or Sunday night, you know, uh, Walt Disney and the wide world of sports and all that stuff. Um, but honestly, you know, in reaching people, it's very important to reach them through these many different mediums. Uh, you know, people learn off their cell phone. 
they learn off their tablet, they learn off their laptop, they learn off their desktop. Some people get very angry. You know, it's just so many things. It's like, it, it's okay. It's okay. We'll just get someone to do this kind of work where it actually doesn't grate their nerves and make them angry at all. You know, and, and we yeah. watch TV on our Xbox and, and movies on the Xbox. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's, uh, there's more than one right answer and there's more than one right way to do things. And as leaders, we, yes. you don't, if we're going to tell people how we want them to do it, we might as well do it ourselves. So one of the uh, things I'm taking away from this is we want to empower people to a common purpose and that's serving others and serving the organization. Sure. And so real leaders don't tell people, don't answer, they don't answer questions. You give, you guide and people seeking their own answers right it's, it's crazy we actually encourage people not to come to our rotary meetings we tell them ditch them and play hooky you can watch it later on in the week um it's going up on youtube feel free to watch it later so you don't actually have to be at the meeting they're like well how are we having a meeting then when you're telling people not to come to the meeting i'm like it's called a brand new learning technology asynchronous video meetings asynchronous audio um, we do a lot of work on WhatsApp and past decisions and voting and all types of quorum. It's, it's very easy to do. It's actually liberating. If, if you would just try it, you will find how liberating it is. Um, and, and we don't all have to go to an ivory tower to have a taskmaster with a small black snake whip walking up and down the aisle, you know, staring at 250 people. This is all old world thinking of the early 1900s of how corporations are to be run. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a it's a new era. Now, I'm not going to play that last segment from my Rotary Club because we do meet in person. So, uh, so Marty, okay. we're almost, almost <laughs> end of our we're at almost the end of our time slot. What's it like being a White House chef? Uh, you know, it, it's pretty awesome. You're pretty excited about everything you do going into work every day. Uh, I think the most amazing thing is, you know, a lot of our security protocols for anti-poisoning, um, anti-bribery, those always seem to be the coolest things, meeting the CIA handler, you know, learning about more things that could potentially affect uh, an entire state dinner or uh, the president, you know, going out to eat at a restaurant, you know, those are the really touchy things that you have to try to understand, like, you're not just here to be the chef, you're in the military, which I was in the military, um, retired military. You actually have to be aware of all of these other items. The civilian chef in the White House, they can take their chef's coat off and go home at night at seven. They're, they're done for the evening. You, you're probably gonna stay and work till one, two in the morning. We're turning you into a bartender at eight o'clock. So you, you have other jobs to do, you know? I love it. I love it. So um, why did you say yes to being a Rotary president? I, I honestly have been watching Rotary for a long time. I loved all the things that Rotary did. And, and, and I did not know all that they were about, though. The more I found out, the more I was impressed with the amount of money, the 1.4 million members, the 46,000 clubs across the earth, the 160 million per year. Um, taking, uh, you know, the fact that we've taken polio down to 15 cases in world history, the fact that Bill Gates gave up trying to cure polio himself and said, look, 
this is a waste of time. I'm just going to take the 100 million. I want to shut down all these offices, all these laboratories, everything. I'm going to take the 100 million per year that we're doing on polio and give it to Rotary because they actually do the job better. When Bill Gates says he wants to take 100 million out of a project that it was a life goal for him and give it to Rotary and says out loud on television because they do a better job than I do, it's to somebody like me, that's pretty impressive. It's like, you know what? I want to be involved with that. I'm a leader and I've been taught to be an excellent manager. Um, how can I give of myself for at least a year or two to this wonderful organization? And I will say to people, um, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I'm glad I did because it's it's really learning how to serve. So it's a three-year commitment. You're the president-elect. Actually, it's you're, you're those two stages before that when you're in the queue, but there's a president-elect yeah. where you're active and you're going to training all the time. Then you're president and then you're past president, which is a good model for any board of directors to have somebody that's in the queue and they know what it's going on. So when you actually become president, you can actually do things. So Marty, we've covered a lot of different things, but basically it's... Um, the, the, what's ringing in my presence is being inclusive of all of God's people. And yes. we all come to the table um, as creations of God with our various skills and talents. So what, what thought do you want to leave people with as we end this energized interview? I would just say, be very careful about matching gift programs from sushi restaurants. Um, they're very fishy. Oh, gee. <laughs> We should have given that the title of this interview. So, so also, Hugh, a farmer is outstanding in his field. <laughs> so, a couple of food jokes, right? You get a chef on on Zoom. It's your first chef ever on Zoom, and he's got all these food jokes. Food so, jokes. Okay, and the yolks on you. So, uh, Marty, I don't know that we've ever had as crazy an interview as this. It takes one to know one, however. So thank you for sharing your time and your energy and wonderful, crazy ideas that actually work. Blessings to you on your day. Thank you so much, you. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>